Hi, it's Eve Sorrentino, Promly Intern. Welcome to another episode of the Promly Changemakers Podcast. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram at Promly App and download the Promly App to get you connected to people, resources, and more great podcasts. Together, we will change outcomes. Today, I'm here with Jen Libby, the Promly CEO, and Alicia Aurora. Alicia is the true definition of a change maker, and I'm so excited to get into her work with AI, mental health, and more. And she also just has the coolest name ever, Alicia Aurora. Coolest name ever. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, can you start us off with like a little tell me about yourself pitch? For sure. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Alicia. As you've mentioned, I am actually a 15-year-old grade 10 student from Toronto, but um, despite my age, I am really passionate about leveraging technology for good, specifically mental health, and I am a huge believer in Promley's mission. Um, Mental health for me is something that's really important. I think just growing up, it's been so prevalent in my life. You know, there was days where I was struggling with my mental health, my peers, my family, and so for me, I really saw technology, and I really saw that I could be the voice for change and making change. And I'm I'm really excited to dive into this conversation and share how all young people can be using tech for good and be, um, be the change they want to see in the world. Yeah, that's an incredible mission and message. And I'm like so excited to get into all the different components of things that you work on because I was looking at your website and there's like six categories and I didn't even know which one to delve into first. But to start off, I'd really like to talk about the artificial intelligence aspect because we are talking about how this AI and Promly can meet together. So can you tell us about AI, your research at MIT, and what you're looking to help with? For sure. So I guess I can give a little bit more of a backstory and then dive into um, what I'm doing in the realm of AI. But when I was actually um, in middle school, a classmate of mine suicided, and he suicided 13 minutes after tweeting about it online. And so he tweeted about him feeling lonely and how he wanted to take his life. And for me, that was a really discouraging moment. And when I really thought about it, I thought, what if there was someone who saw his tweet or post a few minutes before? Maybe you've reached out and maybe there was still some possibility of him being alive. And that's kind of really when I had this, I, I guess I call it an aha moment that maybe humans couldn't do that because we have so many social media posts on our feed daily. And how are we also going to know if someone's actually meaning that they're suicidal? And that's really when I saw technology and specifically AI as an opportunity. And for me, I got really excited by the the fact that maybe we could leverage AI for good. And, you know, being 14 and knowing nothing about AI and technology, I took around, you know, months to learn about AI, how it works, coding, programming, building models. And I was really set out on a mission to develop a model that would detect suicidal ideation and social media content. And what really just started off as a passion project, I started to research at MIT where um, I did some work on diagnosing mental illness and it really gave me the experience to build out something as complex as what I wanted to build out. But from there, I started to work on this model and it really just started out as a passion project. But right now what it's becoming is um, a model to save lives. And I'm excited to say that I'm working with not only just Promly, but also um, 
other platforms around the world in the next couple months to actually implement this and hopefully provide supports and interventions for youth. And that's it's really my mission. And I, I know it's just the beginning. It's going to be a long way to get to where I want to go, but um, I'm, I'm willing to take it there. So yeah, that's just a bit about the AI work. Well, and Alicia, you had mentioned something about building out this model so that it could read different languages. That's something that you, you're working on, is that right? Yeah. So um, another component, which I've been working on just this month is um, I actually just attended a conference in Europe and a lot of the conversations I had there was like, Alicia, we need this here. And I'm like, oh, but that's in Maltese. I don't even know. I don't even know how to speak that myself. And another person saying in French and in Italian. And I really realized that um, in order for something like this to scale, and it's not just about, um, you know, there's so many barriers for a lot of you to get mental health supports. And I don't think language should ever be one of them. So for me, I'm currently working right now with one of um, Facebook AIs, they have a model to work on multi-language, multi-language to um, understand different languages around the world. So going to be implementing that um, into my model so that this model can be something that's diverse and that we can get supports to youth from all over the world. So it's, it's kind of what I'm working on right now. Yeah. Was there a moment when you were developing this that like you realized how big it could get? Like, was there one person who paid attention to it or one group that was praising you and you were like, oh, my gosh, I've created something like absolutely incredible? Yeah, well, that's actually a great question. So I remember one of the initial conversations I had with the team at Microsoft that I've been working with um, to build out this model. And one of my mentors there, her name was Laura. And she, you know, she I think that was kind of really when I told her about the idea and she was like, she was she was kind of just sharing about her own personal story about how someone in her family suicided. And that was kind of made me realize that, you know, it's not just about that one classmate of mine, but it's about the millions of people who are taking their life or that we could stop them before actually um, before they take their life and show them some hope and possibility for a better future. And that was kind of the moment for me where I realized that I couldn't just stop at making this just a passion project or something I do in my free time. But the role this could play, it, it could really impact lives. And I wasn't going to, you know, fulfill my true purpose if I wasn't going to build this out and make, and pull it out through. So I think that was kind of the moment for me where I realized just from hearing how many, how many other people have lost, you know, their sons, their sisters, their daughters to a suicide. Um, I think that's kind of when I realized that this could really make a huge impact. Yeah. Well, and one thing I think, Alicia, that people sometimes don't realize, and certainly from my experience as a therapist, I think sometimes people forget that thinking about suicide or having suicidal thoughts or feeling suicidal is not uncommon. You know, like I would say it's probably more common than most people think. And I think of even when we look at like the latest research, it's becoming even more common, particularly in this Gen Z population, right? Where it used to be we'd say one out of 12 students, you know, in the last six months has had serious suicidal thoughts. So we're looking at numbers that are much more serious, you know, more in the one in three, one in four within the last few months. And so when I look at something like what you're doing, the exponential value to it is that, you know, we're not just seeing this crisis with youth mental health, but we're seeing, you know, people who are just kind of dancing on the edge of their thoughts and so to be able to get in there sooner, quicker, more strategically, you know, it's it's powerful. It's not just the kids who present as super depressed. It's a lot of kids that just are, you know, contemplating. And, you know, one thing I think sometimes people don't realize is that the teenage brain is really programmed to think in extremes, right? And so 
those, you know, that black and white thinking, that thinking in extremes, all of that is part of the developmental, you know, process, which is, um, you know, it's part of development, right? So it's like fairly normal. But what you're doing is really so impactful because you're addressing that specific population that we know is more at risk and that we know is, you know, tends to be more impulsive and tends to have more extreme thoughts. So I can't thank you enough because I really do think like what you've done and the way that it's really scaled and is about to scale even more will 100% save lives in an exponential way. And it's just really profound. So with gratitude, Alicia, we're really, really, really grateful to you. Thank you, Jen. That means a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And the extremity and the impulsivity, we talk all the time about how impulsive this audience is and the way that they just look to the internet immediately. And that can push them one way or another. So I think it's like incredibly important and just part of the mission of getting ahead of it, you know, which is just so cool. Um, I feel like we could talk about this AI model all day, but going into one of your other like various amazing feats. Um, You are also a youth advocate for UNICEF. So can you tell us like what this means, how you got involved with UNICEF? Because my understanding of UNICEF is still like narrowed down to when I was in elementary school and we would walk around with those little um, cardboard boxes collecting coins, you know? So I want to hear about your work with them. Yeah, well, um, that's a great question. And I think for like UNICEF to a lot of people, it's still something that, you know, we have in our school clubs. And for me, um, I guess this does really relate to my AI work. But really, when I started out with my AI work, I think what I also really found was a passion for mental health advocacy. Because the more I started to work on this, the more conversations I had, the more I realized that this was a problem that one AI model was not going to solve. And, you know, just I think there's there's mental health and people struggling, youth struggling with mental health is a problem that it's, it's, there is not just a one solution to fix it. And really, for me, I think some of the best solutions are even things like having more conversations. And that's kind of really when I leaned into advocacy and I started to develop a passion for that. So I got connected with UNICEF because I wrote an article and really just sharing a bit about my work. But from there, um, I started to get, I started to become one of their young ambassadors, which is kind of just for mental health and technology. And really my role there is to, you know, sit down and to actually with, with my role as a, um, as a youth ambassador for UNICEF, I, I have spoken to over 100 kids from Canada and I've spoken to them about the mental health concerns they have and the change they want to make. One of the things I'm working on right now on the mental health advocacy front with UNICEF is to have mental health a day. So in schools, we sometimes we all just need a day off and day for ourselves. And a lot of times we have physical absences. So we take, you know, I'm feeling sick, so I'm going to have to I'm going to take a day off school, but what if we could have days where people could take take off because they're feeling mentally unwell? I think one, this is, you know, this is obviously a great support for students, but it can also go about breaking the stigma. If I see my friend taking a mental health day, I'm like, maybe I can too. And I that's I think the advocacy front of mental health is, is so crucial. It's a huge factor that um aside from the AI work, aside from the intervention, is also the prevention. So how do we start these conversations? And so the work I'm doing with UNICEF is more on the advocacy front. Um, I've hosted a lot of conversations with youth um, around mental health and how we can go about breaking the stigma, the supports they want. And I really, you know, I think with this experience, I really come to this um, conclusion, I'd say that supports right now are not really working, which is why I'm a huge believer in what Promly is doing, because I was on TikTok the other 
other day and someone was searching and the TikTok was someone was searching up saying, how can I die without it hurting? And the guy was the guy was laughing because Google had um, Google. Google didn't really give him a good, good response. It just put up a suicide helpline. And he said, um, you know, just answer the question. Don't play with me right now. And that's kind of really when, and you know, not just for the person posting that TikTok, but for the 500,000 people who liked it. I think it's really just to say that helplines and things are just not enough for youth. And I think the more I've been working on this area, the more the more dedicated and I guess the more passionate I am to actually go about supporting youth because I think the advocacy front is so, so crucial. And I think UNICEF is just a great platform because of how global they are and how they work with a lot of all the countries really for children's supports. And um, that's kind of how um, my advocacy has begun for mental health. But yeah. Well, and Alicia, you bring up such an interesting point with that. You know, I think as a therapist, and I can tell you, you know, therapy only goes so far, right? So therapy is not going to solve the youth mental health crisis. I wish that it would. I think therapy is great. Obviously, I'm a super fan. But to your point, when we look at what truly impacts people, what truly changes lives, what truly makes people feel whole, it's a level of connectedness, right? That's that connectedness to oneself. It's that connectedness to other people. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be traditional therapy, but it's building more of that relationship that's more meaningful. And when we design Promly, that's the mission, right? It's, it's like, let's get ahead of this strategically by building connectedness, not just with others, but within yourself to understand yourself more versus just kind of being um disconnected sort of in a trance scrolling and scrolling and scrolling without any meaning and just sort of like you know taking so much content in your brain just gets so overwhelmed um but i love i love that i love both points about the you know mental health days you know i often say you know people get personal days right for work and shouldn't we call those like you know kind of like mental health days right um but i always thought that as you know, kids, like, especially in uh, schools, you know, they should get personal days, you know, I'd always say like a couple personal days a year is not going to kill anybody. Let's go, you know, let's do it. And I have to say, Alicia, ironically, my mom used to, when she'd take me, (laughs) skip school for a day, you know, for whatever reason, she would always write a note back to the school. Jennifer needed a mental health day. And this was in the 1980s where I don't think most people even knew what mental health actually she was. was. So hip. She was so hip. She was so ahead of her time. Yeah. And she'd like write a big smiley face on it. And, you know, it usually involves some sort of just hanging out together. And, you know, truly, I think my mom probably needed a mental health day if I'm telling you. But, um, but I love that push. I think it's like so necessary, so needed. And, will be so instrumental in actually building that connectedness, right? Like, so even those days that kids take off, especially if their parents are on board with it and sort of understand it to be like, we just need a break. You know, you just need to kind of get away. Some of those days can actually be so impactful to create that shared experience that creates more connectedness, that creates more contentment. That's, you know, like it just all builds on each other. So, so thank you for your work there too. It's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, I think really, it's really just the small steps. Like I know, as you mentioned, I I think what I I really love about Promly is that it kind of shares that there's not just one way to get support because therapy is not one way, an AI algorithm, resources. And I think with actually solving and tackling this youth mental health crisis, we really need um, to show you that there is not a one size fits all support for you and that there's a variety of them. And you're so right about 
connectedness because I think not just connectedness with other people but with ourselves you know how much time do we have to really sit down with ourselves and reflect and think about how we're feeling I think the more we give youth the opportunity to do so then I think the better we will um, be about tackling this problem. Yeah that was my thought about these mental health days is that they're just great for self-reflection and reflection and understanding when you need a break and I've been grateful in that I feel like a lot of the organizations that I'm a part of understand mental health breaks, but we haven't really seen that in like a school administrative side, you know, like you said, there's sick days, but not mental health days. Um, So I think that although you may consider like a small step, I think it's huge in normalizing the fact that we need breaks for our minds, same way we need breaks for our bodies. So that's great. Um, lastly on my list of things about you that I think are incredible for today, I was hoping to talk about how you are Procter and Gamble's youngest intern, um, working in the feminine care industry, improving menstrual tracking app, always you. So what has this experience been like? I want to hear about your work in it, but also what it's like to be the youngest intern at this company. Yeah, well, um, that's a great question. I, I don't know where to begin, um, but I think to, I think to say I really speak to the first thing about why I really joined PNG. So, for me, feminine care is also something that's really important to me, along with mental health. And um, ironically, the, the the work I've been doing with um, Procter and Gamble has been really the intersection of female care and mental health. And so, I guess female care for me, you know. I think as, as a woman myself, I've always really, I've really seen these barriers for me to um, feel open about things like talking about my menstrual health and also just, you know, hearing about there's so many barriers there are like one of my friends who dropped out of high school just because she didn't have access to um, um, menstrual products. And I think really for me, this was an area that was, I was also really passionate about. And so the role I'm and what I'm working on at PNG is specifically the intersection of mental health and menstrual health. And they basically have a menstrual health app called Always You, which is an app for um, to track your mental well-being while also tracking your menstrual health. So there's so many times where our mental health, um, where we're struggling with our mental health, um, but it's also connected to our hormones and our menstrual health. So it's really looking at that connection. And so the work I've been doing there is really involving the gender perspective because ironically as it is the people working on people working in this division and the people on my team are all men and so one they don't have you know a female but also they don't have a young person which is 60 percent of their user demographic so really the role I wanted to offer there was recommendations to make this app more inclusive and more actually supportive for youth mental well-being while also their menstrual health and um that's kind of what I've been doing there. But then to the point about being the youngest intor- intern, um, it, it's definitely an experience. I, I, you know, coming into the company, I was really scared because I knew nothing about the corporate world, how it worked. But what I really learned is that um, everyone there, and I think everyone there is just so inclusive for your ideas and the change because they realize how important it is. So for me, it's been kind of an easy process, but I mean, I'm learning and I think it's a great first experience. Um, One of the fears I had was really getting the kid treatment because, you know, oh, you know, Alicia, she's 15. But surprisingly enough, I didn't really get that, which I think is great because I think no idea, no matter what age, you know, it's, it's an idea that could be useful and beneficial. And so it really shouldn't be categorized by by who's saying it, whether that be someone who's 70 or 15. So um, I think that was kind of one of the, I guess, best point of 
best parts about the experience. But overall, I think I just I just love doing something that's at the intersection of two things I really enjoy. And so, yeah. That's great. And on this topic of you being like the only girl on the team, I also read on your website that you were the only girl on your robotics team um, at one point in school and that you were like a little bit judged for it. So I'm sure there've been a lot of girls who have been in the same situation as you. Do you have any advice for like women that are interested in STEM, but feel outnumbered or like maybe there's that girl that's feeling like she shouldn't join the robotics team because of that? Yeah, well, that's a that's a great point. And, and I guess I'd, I'd like to expand on that because when I was in my robotics team, that was kind of my first introduction to STEM and the realm of technology. Um, what ended up happening was is I was the only girl captain on my, my robotics team in middle school. And um, after, after we won the robotics competition, one of the boys from my team comes up to me and says, Alicia, why do you even bother to learn how to program or code when all you're ever going to be is a housewife? No. Yeah, I know. And for me, that was so discouraging hearing that because I was like, you know, I think being a young person, I was like, well, maybe that's actually what I'm meant to be. I didn't really know. And so for me, I think one of the biggest things is biggest barriers to young girls like me is just the people who, you know, who have to put us down and neglect that we can do more than than we're meant to be doing. And I think it's it's so important to know that we each have a role to play in making more women in STEM leaders and not only girls for seeking out those opportunities, but also um, boys and other people to be more inclusive. And so for me, obviously, while that moment was so um, was quite discouraging. I, I really wanted to prove them wrong. And that was kind of my incentive and my motive for what I'm doing today as well. Um, to really prove everyone wrong that, you know, not only can I be a leader in women in STEM, but I can also be leveraging STEM for good. And I think that's kind of um, what I what I really want to be an example of. But I think my advice to all other young girls would really be, um, you know, you got to keep knocking on those doors because frankly, there's going to be so many times when you're put down and so many people who will, who will put you down, but it's all about getting back up again and knocking on those doors again, because it's, I know I've had so many times, whether that be with this project, whether that be with just getting involved in STEM, where a lot of people would say, Alicia, you're just 15. This is not your job. You're just a girl. You shouldn't be doing this. But I think you really got to push through those challenges. But I think, as important as that is, we all have a role to play, whether that be as moms, as teachers, as um, as just role models. We have to make sure that we're making girls and young people feel feel inc- inclusive and feel 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 like they can be part of something like like STEM and getting involved in that. And I think for for boys and other male allies, it's so important that we're also inclusive as well. So, with that being said, like each of us have a role to play. Yeah, I really liked your point about how it's not only pushing women to get involved in STEM, but it's also teaching males how to be allies and how to not put down women in STEM. So I think that that's super important. Um, So I just want to know, you're involved in so many cool things. How do you balance all of this with your personal life? Or how do you give attention to all these amazing things? That's a great question. And I feel like I get asked this a lot because I think as it seems that I do so much, but honestly, um, one thing I'd say is that a lot of the work that I've been doing is something that 
fulfills me so much that I don't feel like I'm doing work. It's something that I want to, I wake up to do each day because I'm excited by it and I'm excited for the future that we have. And so for me, that's kind of what really um, makes me excited about it. But then obviously I am still in high school, so I do have school. And then sometimes being at school, I'm like, this is so boring. I just want to work on my project now. But um, I think for me, what I really found, and I think it's I really try to like be more balanced in my life. And I think even spending time for my own mental health, because that is also really important. And I hope that I'm not someone who just works towards helping people's mental health, but I'm also an example of it. Um, So I think in terms of, you know, in terms of my free time and doing stuff, I enjoy my projects and my internship are things that I enjoy. So I think that's kind of what, um, I don't really see um, how that to me is like work and not work. Um, But then in terms of doing things that I need to do, like school, and then obviously taking care of my mental health, I think I've just found myself doing activities that I enjoy. Like I run every day because that's something that, you know, it's a small thing that just brings me happiness and kind of helps me energize. Um, And with doing schoolwork, I always find ways to connect my schoolwork with things I'm passionate about. I had an English essay I wrote about mental health. So I kind of just, you know, um, make these things more exciting for me. But um, yes, it is it is a juggle, but I think it's uh, it's something I'm really passionate about doing. So I don't really feel like I'm doing work. You are just like so impressive though. I hope you know that. I know that you don't feel like you're doing lots of work, but you're doing like some of the most important work and I'm like taken aback by you. So that's great. Thank you for sharing. Um, so is there anything that we can expect in the next five years or what do you think is... Uh, in store for your future? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I think, um, in, I think anything to expect, I think you can expect me five years from now. Um, honestly, continuing what I'm doing right now, just, you know, working towards making the change I want to see. And whether that be by having a model that's worldwide and saving people's lives or implementing mental health days everywhere in all schools, I think I'm I'm someone I'm really determined to make the change I want to make. And obviously, what's next for me after high school is still yet to be um, yet to be decided with college and and stuff like that. But I think I'm still going to be someone pushing towards change for mental health and continuing to work on what I'm what I'm doing right now. Well, I'm so excited to see what's to come and we can keep up with what you're up to on your website, right? You have a little sign up to hear what you're doing. Um, So if you're interested in keeping up with Alicia Aurora, the coolest person on the planet, check out her website and you can sign up to hear about it. I think we're ready to wrap up, Jen. Do you have anything else you'd like to close with? No, I'm just super grateful, Alicia, for you jumping on today. I think there's so much useful information that you share. I know I personally like getting your newsletters um, on a regular basis to keep up with you. And I appreciate the fact that you have so many interesting articles and, you know, things I'm certain that we'd like to, you know, post on the Promway Changemakers publication as well, um, just because I think you're always bringing up really interesting topics. So thank you for sharing that as well. And thank you for coming on today. And I can't wait to build your AI into the Promway app. So it's going to be awesome. Well, thank you both so much. I'm really excited. And as I always say that Promly is honestly one of the best examples for supports for young people. And I'm just so excited for Promly to be the app everyone's using that I know I'm going to be using as well. Alicia, I, I love the plug for Promly. And I know like you've been following us for a while. It feels like it's been a long time coming, but it's, you know, feedback like that, like we really are just trying to do the right thing and trying to give kids options. And 
um, we're excited for the May launch. So we can't wait. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A million times over. Yes. Thank you so much, Alicia. And that wraps up another Promly Changemakers podcast. Don't forget to follow at Promly app and download Promly from the app store.